Welcome back to San Halen. Let the tasty licks flow. San Halen featuring Mark Sander on guitar. Brian Hanley on more guitar. Even I'm playing guitar. And vocals too. San Halen on Chicago's home for rock. I mean sports. ESPN Chicago. Justin Fields looking downfield. Ryan Griffin and he gets the touchdown. A beautiful pass by Fields. 22 yards on the score and the Bears are on the board first. That's exactly what this defense wants out of that position. And Fields on point. Dante Pettis with the touchdown as Justin Fields has been lighting it up in his return to the Buckeye State. Fields. Look at the Oh boy, he's got a guy wide open and it was Cole Komet for the touchdown. Justin Fields, three TD tosses here in the first half. He's number one. He's number one. Brian Hanley, Mark Zander, ESPN 1000. All right, Brian, was that uh, gratifying for you? As you it know, seemed to uh, uh, be for everybody else who's making a big deal out of it, which well, is good. You know, why, why, why not? I mean, yeah. you know, we can, you know, a counselor, I'll stipulate that, you know, Cleveland didn't have six of their starting defensive this is my point. There. This is my point. This is why I say this. Okay, but I mean, I'll stipulate that, and the yeah. Bears have no control over that. Right. They look. Right. They looked efficient. They, you know, even when Ryan Griffin had the holding penalty that sent him back to first and twenty, three snaps later he's catching a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen a lot of penalties, thankfully, through three preseason games. Now the preseason's over, but I mean, they took advantage of what the defense was giving them. Yep. Um, there was some, um, uh, you know. There was some different there. I just did. Uh, Cody Whitehair said after the game, and he's been doing this, what, six years now? God, can't believe it. It seems like yesterday he was drafted. Um, but it, the stuff inside the huddle, he just said, you know, it's it's communication. There, There's a confidence level building there. I mean, the rest of the NFL world, or, or a lot of them, you know, are, are screaming from the mountaintops that the, the line's the worst in the league and the wide receivers are right there, you know, next to them. I liked what I saw, and I, I mean, and the the more I like, the more I see of this coaching staff. You know, I think Cole Komet said there's a progression there. You each week, I I just see like there are adults involved. Improvement. And, the organization is there. Uh, it's very yes. organized, but we're seeing improvement week after week after week after week. This is what I'm saying, right? Preseason is so confusing, and and this year they did preseason right. Thankfully, there were no big yeah. injuries, but. We saw Justin improve week to week to week to week. We really feel like, hey, he's ready now for the season. And, you know, what the season's going to bring when we have all first, you know, first teamers. Yeah, we'll see. But we saw what we were hoping to see. Improvement. No matter what the Browns, yes, they did not have... uh, Clowney out there, who, yeah. who you know, we remember Garrett that game. We remember yeah. that game. That was, sure. uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we, uh, yeah. Uh, a bad memory. So we, as you said, we took advantage of what we, what they gave us. 
the win didn't matter to me more than uh, any more than Justin Fields and his progression. And it just seems like the improvement was made week over week. Look, you know, I'm, I'm you know down in Carolina. I guess it, you know it matters to a degree. But Sam Darnold went out with a what they're calling high ankle sprain. He's going to be out four to six weeks. You know, just that was the the one concern people might have had. Why are you playing Justin Fields right. in a meaningless last preseason game? But it's a gamble. You know, you, it's a, it's always a gamble, yeah. and I, you know I I used to probably be that guy too. Oh, don't! I mean, that's when the the team might be relevant and might be a possible. Not only that, team but you have you you have a quarterback that knows the system already. They've yeah. been in it for for a few years. You know, there's a you know like Tom Brady showing up at the last minute. Obviously, that's an extreme on the other end. But was he on the mass senior? Was that that story going around that he had taken a week and a half, two weeks off to go be part of I've never seen the show. I, I, shows. Yeah, I, I so could not care less. Oh, All boy, I know is that my man looks haggard and he's he's aggravated and he I look, I read it on his face. He's got some uh, family drama. He has some underwear. Oh, okay. The underwear line. Is is that not, causing yeah, him I guess not so. doing well? TV. Maybe is he going to wear that on his face, Jake? I mean, come on. He's insulated from that. He doesn't have to feel that. You I just saw needs- on his face that he's going through something. He's haggard. Does- he has no patience. He Does looks he need his to be age selling now. underwear? Does he need to be selling underwear? I don't underwear? think so. Okay. And he's, just- uh, he's got the supplement line, too, right? TV I mean, yeah, you know how those deals go, right? They come up to you and say, hey, can we slap your name on something? And then your agent mm-hmm. weighs in no, and they say, no. okay. They have nothing to do with it. They he's don't not care. designing yeah, like the they have a guarantee. And, no, they have a yeah. guarantee. Yeah. I mean, look, if Tom Brady is designing the uh, the jewel pouch for the underwear that he's putting out, well, then is it breathable? I, I, I well, breathable. I would hope. Is, who's is who's said, wearing who's dead. wearing underwear these days that isn't breathable? Well, I mean, you know, you're like really Kramer, behind the times. You're worse like than Kramer's, Jerry Reinsdorf. Like Kramer said, my boys, you know, they got to breathe. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> And I think that again, if someone's going to put the boxer brief out from like the seventies, you got to put Home of the Whopper on there, right? Remember that one? <laughs> yes, that was sold like in in novelty stores. Yeah, um, didn't own a pair. I, uh, I'm I'm guessing you did. Oh, I don't. I mean, everyone. I don't need to advertise. Um, oh yeah, come on. <laughs> I think you've said enough, haven't you? <laughs> but back back to the Bears here. I mean, who doesn't like a 146.9 passer rating when Bears quarterbacks have lived in the 80s forever? And again, I, I, I get it. It's 29 snaps. But you went efficient, 14 of 16 completions. He was under pressure at times, and he stood there. There's a great picture in the Tribune on the Tribune website today, and there was actually a defensive lineman got his arm wrapped around uh, Justin Fields as he's delivering the ball. So... He didn't have happy feet, and, and Matt Eberflus talked about how much they worked on the footwork anyway. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he wasn't bailing, even though he felt some pressure. I, I, there, I, there was a lot to like there. Again, I, I get it. It's, it's not Vegas didn't move the over-under line from whatever it is, six games or six and a half or five and a half to eight or nine based on what they saw in the first half in Cleveland last night. But as a Bears fan, why wouldn't I – feel encouraged why 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 would i immediately just toss that out and say what's well, preseason against uh, uh you know the b team on cleveland on uh, the browns and who cares this is what we're gonna have to evaluate as we move forward into the regular season right i mean mm-hmm. it's it's it, 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 it looked pretty good i mean it, it there was excitement there were okay i asked for them to score in the first possession they didn't do that because that's the bears haven't done that 
in 22 years, now going to be 23. Hey, hey, small baby steps, buddy. Yeah, I'll take the three touchdown passes That's in, right. in, That's in four right. possessions. What's and and look, that? our eyes are not deceiving us. There was improvement. There are many people, and for a lot of good reasons, that feel like this is a, a false flag. Like, wait a minute, should we get excited? Should we not get excited? Look, take it for what it is. It was an improvement. They improved game over game in this preseason. Now it's time to go, and we'll see how it translates. But it did look good. There, there was a lot to be you know, excited and encouraged about. And there is somebody on the national stage that this morning I heard him uh, kind of do a, a little bit of a, a about face. His name's Lewis Riddick. Well, Justin Fields' potential was always through the roof, and I've been very clear about that from the very get-go. What he has done this preseason, though, is he has struck up a relationship with new offensive coordinator Luke Getze uh, in a way that is really translating on the football field in terms of his efficiency, his comfort, the way he's seeing the field, the way he's delivering the football with, with, um, with consistent accuracy. And Luke Getze has really implemented a great process-oriented plan, as he puts it, in terms of making sure Justin understands why we're doing what we're doing, how to get it done on the football field, not how to just get it done one play, but to get it done consistently. Look, this offense is tried and true. It's proven from a philosophical standpoint, considering where Luke Getze came from there in Green Bay. And right now, these two are on exactly the same page that you would hope that they would be on at this point in the preseason. Now, we'll see what happens in the regular season and how everything else holds up around Justin. But as far as that marriage between play caller and quarterback, look, GM Ryan Poles has absolutely struck the absolute perfect marriage, along with, obviously, head coach Matt Eberflus. Mm. We'll see how this all goes once the season starts, but great start in the preseason. Now, did we just hear Lewis Riddick take a couple steps back? From oh, what yeah. he said before, he was in full, uh, I mean, reverse, I mean, oh, did he jog backwards? There yeah. is what I'm asking. Yeah, uh, yeah, because he was among the chorus early on, right? That this this terrible, line of, terrible, terrible. terrible. Yeah. I mean, that's all. I that's all I heard. I, he used a lot more words than that, but that's all I heard. Just terrible, horrible. It's going to be bad year, bad year. Yeah, worse this, worse mm-hmm. that. No mm-hmm. chance. You know, he, he's got no shot to do, improve. And you know, what, now what we're waiting to hear from Mike Marks today. Yeah, no, I mean, we're not. No, we're, nobody's I, well, waiting on that. Yeah, I don't really. think. I don't no. think you'll. You can. will be waiting a while. <laughs> no, this, no, no it's just so thought. funny that he he stuck his neck out so, so. Uh, and look, uh, they're not. You know, they didn't. There's legitimate reasons people can point to them and say on paper. I mean, look. I mean, you, you, it's a lot of times you still have to look and and if look at the scorecard to see who's catching the ball, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. They're not household names by any stretch of the imagination, except in their own households. So I, I get the, you know, who's this guy? And really, uh, he's going to be your number two receiver. Sure, it's paper judgment. But that yeah. doesn't really come through when it's a game that's played on the grass or the right. turf. But I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll echo what Lewis just said. I mean, Getsy, this, not only were the touchdown passes nice, I mean, the, the shorter passes, the, the eight, 10 yarders, I mean, the, Whatever he was reading the defense and the offense was designed to open up areas and he went through his progressions and he, he made the right choice pretty much all, all night, you know, that he was out there, the 29 snaps. Yep. So it, it, there, there's the offense has to be built play by play, right? There has to be some rhythm. Some and we reason, did not right? see that with Nagy ever. Never. It was like he just closed his eyes and put his finger down on the big Denny's card and 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 said, "Oh, let's try this one." 
Right. Now, I mean, Cole Komet in the end zone. And thank God Jimmy Graham's not here anymore. I mean, we should have been seeing that a year and a half ago. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And what did Mark Potash tell us a couple weeks ago? But for our yeah. own mental health, we probably should stop bringing up the Nagy era of the Bears. Because we, we've seen something now that it's like, okay, it's full steam ahead. We know all of the mistakes, and we're going to. But I think at some point, just for the mental health level of the Chicago Bears fans, to just look forward because there's so much carnage to look back on. And it was so unfortunate. You're right, Cole Komet. We're going to use him. Got to use him more. Got to yeah. use him more. And he he when he closed his eyes and picked something on the Denny's menu, he just happened to not pick Cole Komet and the plays that he was involved in. So now we're seeing a guy who drafted high is going to make an impact, I think. And and Luke Getze, it seems like he is cognizant of the strengths of Justin Fields. Like before, we've seen this, right, with, with Nagy, and here I am bringing up the past. Yeah. But well, you have to. I mean, yeah, right, right, right. We don't know where uh, we're going unless we knew or we know where we've been. And right. and the point about Fields is it just seemed like they were just trying to force something on him. Now it seems like Getze, you know, is playing to his strengths. And it just, you're right, it had a rhythm. It seems like they have a great relationship. This, I think, dare I say, is going to turn out better than what Riddick was saying before, especially what Martz and Orlovsky and all this. You know, are we winning the Super Bowl this year? No. But this is going to be a lot better than what we've seen in past years. And one of our Twitter poll questions today is, having seen the, the preseason games now, mm-hmm. um, what, what's your level of confidence in the Bears? Are you more confident, less confident, same, same level of confidence, or wake me up in 2024? I mean, it, this, didn't, this preseason didn't accelerate the rebuild, right? I mean, Ryan Paul still has a lot of work to do. And next offseason, he's going to have a lot of cap room. Uh, it, with which to work. And, you know, the one thing about last night, Roquan Smith wasn't out there. Uh, we'll, we'll hear about uh, Matt Eberflus. You know, we were looking forward to see some, you know, what that looks like. Um, no big deal, but he didn't play. Um, but, you know, how the, how's that play out? If, if you end up trading him at some point this season, you know, what do you get in return at, to help accelerate the rebuild? Or at, at 25, do they make peace and he's still a huge part of this when you're ready to win? You would hope that would be the case, but... We know, you know, we've talked about it for a month now. It, there's no talking going on between the two sides, so you, you can't imagine that's going to happen this season. You know, the season. At the, right. At this point, I just want him to be quiet and play like he said he would. Right. And let's worry about it later on down the line. Let's hit break, come back. Um, somebody jumped on Twitter, and I have to share this. SB75, we'll do that. When we get back here on ESPN 1000, by the way, Courtney Cronin, Our Bears insider joins us at 1030 right here on ESPN 1000. Don't move. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Definitely a turning point. You know, I think, you know, uh, we can just build on this and we're going to next week, you know, get better and prepare for San Fran in two weeks. Let's go! Bears! Justin Fields said it's a turning point. We saw it. He felt it. I like it. And I think uh, Bears fans should like it. And if you're uh, sour somehow today, share it with us. Uh, share it with us. 312-332-3776. I mean, you can look deeper, Brian, right? And you can sure. say, well, you know, it is a preseason. They didn't have, you know, all of these things. 
And uh, one of the things I'm going to ask Courtney when she comes on with us, uh, about eight or ten minutes away from right now, is, you know, what does this, does this show that the offensive line, I mean, to what degree do we have a confidence in the offensive line, um, seeing as though Justin had the time and, and the protection, but again, well, there, preseason. Mean, the, so, I mean, they, yeah, everything has to be weighed accordingly, right? There, no, there was pressure. I mean, there was a lot of pressure, yeah. uh, but plays didn't collapse right. to his credit, um, and, and the receivers ran the routes, and, you know, on the Cole Komet touchdown, he had four options there, and he finally got to Cole Komet um, because of how well covered. Uh, you had a fullback covered, you had a couple wide receivers covered, and he, Cole Komet is in the other uh, corner of the end zone. He finds him. Uh, he, he didn't. He didn't. You know, get happy feet when he was under pressure, which I really like. Yeah, he seemed in the post game. He seemed much more. I don't know, confident. Um, you know, matter of fact about that. He feels like things are going in the right direction, and. I, if, if you don't think they're going in the right direction, like Mark said, I'd love to hear from you. And if, if you do believe things are going in the right direction, what is it that you like that you've seen so far? It can be the coaching staff. It can be, you know, Justin Fields himself. It, it you know, what what are you encouraged about? And again, like Mark said, this, they're not winning the Super Bowl. They're not a playoff team. Good Lord, and we're not saying that. But. No, no. And, and I've got to jump in here because uh, I teased this before the break. SB75 <laughs> tweeted, and you just liked it, Brian. Don't you do it. Don't you start hyping the Bears after this preseason, getting fans all worked up. A 5-8 and eight win season is a waste. Two wins will be just fine. If you're not first, you should be last, Ricky Bobby. Was, I mean, you going for the draft pick? Is that, I mean, what? You should want to win every game, not that you're going to, and the odds are you're going to lose a lot more than you're going to win, given this this schedule and this team. Right. If if you're rooting for the Bears to only win two games for the draft pick, then maybe they're capable of winning more, but then you want them to tank? That's the wrong way to approach it. Right. I This, this is a rebuild. It's year one. It's probably a three or four year rebuild till you can actually say we're going to win the division or try to compete and win a division. But that doesn't mean between now and then you couldn't sneak into the wild card and not back in like I hate to say Matt Nagy's name again. But I mean, think about that. They 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 backed into you can't a COVID. Quit him, can you? They, they backed into a COVID created playoff game and then you know scored a touchdown on the final play of the game when it didn't matter. Right. right I mean. Right, right, right. I mean, so they couldn't even take advantage of. Of a gift. You can't even say that counts. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But right. uh, we're not hyping. We're not overhyping. I'm not trying to, you know, you know what on your leg and tell you it's raining. I'm, but I, I, what did, what wouldn't you have liked that? Even the defense, we haven't got to the defense. They, you know, but for the, you know, the later stages of the game, early on in that game, the defense took a ball away and they got points out of it. And that Allen Williams defense looks like it's got a pretty good organization to it. Right. And usually we're never really concerned about defense because we're always defense forward. But, yes, that looked good. And, obviously, the focus is on Mr. Uh, Justin Fields. And uh, there was a lot to like. No matter if it's a preseason game or not, there was a lot to like. And we're going to hear from uh, one of our favorites here. He is uh, just getting... uh, Getting into the system here, the phone system. Bear fan Bob's going to join us momentarily. But, you know, there is a lot of things that uh, Ryan Poles has to address. And again, this week, 
if we haven't mentioned it already, but this week is cut down week, right? Or cut down day, Tuesday. Sure. And, and I was reading uh, Brad Biggs in the Tribune today saying that, uh, it'll, it'll be interesting not only who we cut, but what kind of activity we, we generate after the cuts are made across the league because maybe there's somebody to pick up. Yeah, I mean, look, this offensive line is not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, no, a lot of them are just guys. We don't know what you have in Tevin just Jenkins. Guys. Just guys. I mean, but it, you know, you'll look at that. But that's you know, that's where you're at as a GM and as a team. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll be they'll usually guys who get cut are not appreciably upgrade. Right, talent, right, and, right, and and that's my point. It's like okay, we we can consider that, but what but are might, those people really? But th- I mean, it's not an upgrade for a playoff team, but it may be an upgrade for the Chicago Bears. True. And if yeah. if you can upgrade the unit around Justin Fields even a little bit in increments, that helps the quarterback right. be able to to do what he needs to do this year too. So small I mean, steps, it, small steps, yeah. player by player, and uh, there are a lot of. Um, a lot of things to address, as you said. Ryan Poles has a lot of work to do, but what we saw yesterday, I, I think if you don't like it, I'm not sure why you don't like it. Bear fan Bob, he's on a boat. He's trying to catch some uh, perch, perch today. He's uh, in the uh, he's hunting for perch and bluegill. Hey, Bear fan Bob, welcome in. Good morning. Good morning. I even have a surprise for you guys if you want to talk to him. I'm actually fishing with an old college referee too. So if you're really? done with me, maybe you want to give him a shout. I don't know, whatever. It's your show. Who are you, who so, you fishing well, with? Who are you fishing with? Uh, his name is Dr. Hickson. He's a doctor referee. Yeah, he's he used to be a uh, college referee. He's not a dentist. He's my friend. He's a doctor, so, too? A dentist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We... We know all, and you know, I know him. We fish every every Sunday if we can. So, long story short, with me, as I watched the game yesterday, and I was listening to Jim Miller, and he kept referring to the the Bears being looking like the Kansas City offense and what Patrick Mahomes did. I strongly disagree. That was a Green Bay offense. I watch the Packers all the time, being that I live north of the border, as you all know. That looks so. They force you to do that up there, don't, don't they? No, they rule. don't. I just like to know what the competition is <laughs> right, right. Sure. Okay. You know, I mean, when I call in and I talk Packer week, I'm going to know what the heck I'm talking about. So, you know, and as I watched it, I just watched the moves that uh, uh, Field was making. Everything looked better. It looked sharper. The quick releases, a few screens in there, a few quick releases, shooting out, you know, throwing to the tight ends. You know, <laughs> I even heard you guys talk about Jimmy Graham earlier. Heck, I kind of wish I would have had Jimmy Graham this year because at least somebody would have thrown him the ball when they were in the end zone, but you know, or in the red zone. But never mind. What do I know? You know, uh, last year he was on the bench when they were in the red zone. That looked so much better. And my my thoughts on this is this was a Lovey Smith defense, and this is a Green Bay offense, and I love it. It's about time. You know, may, you know, I don't know how far they're going to go this year. But they will be in every game, and I think they're going to sneak up on and win a few games that they probably shouldn't. And I think they might even split with Green Bay this year. Oh, wow. I like it. Oh, they're going to go a long way because this is a team. I didn't see any celebrities last night, and I I absolutely love it. I don't have a lot bad to say. they got a few mistakes to clean up. Okay, that's why we play pretend football. But is this not a major improvement over what came before this year? Oh, 
I, I didn't oh. hear you. What did you say? I said, but is this not a big improvement over what we've seen in past recent years? Oh, in recent years, this it was horrible in recent years, yeah. as we know. This That's is, what I'm this, saying, right. Oh, and Bears yeah, fans should notice that, you. right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, so those were kind of my thoughts. Maybe you want to, you want to talk to the ref or no? Yeah, you know what? Actually, we're up against a break, uh, break but uh, good luck fishing. I hope you catch a lot, and thank you for that recipe yesterday. Hey, give it a shot. Give it a try. Okay. Anyways, have a great day. We're listening to you. Thanks, Thanks. uh, Bear Fan Bob. Always appreciate hearing from Bear Fan Bob. All right, we're hitting a break. Coming back, Courtney Cronin, our ESPN Chicago Bears insider. Up next here with Xander and Hanley on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to Xander and Hanley on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Back at it here, ESPN 1000, Xander and Hanley talking to Courtney Cronin. She joins us here. Our Bears insider. Good morning, Courtney. How are you? I'm well, guys. How are you? Very, very good. Now, you have an uh, article on ESPN.com today about uh, basically the 53-man roster after Tuesday cutdown day. And uh, we're going to talk to you about that. But uh, your initial thoughts of what we saw yesterday. I thought it looked good. I thought that the offense in rebounding from that first series where they had negative one net yards were able to, you know, really string something together. And I don't know how you can feel anything but confident if you're Justin Fields leaving the preseason after a performance like yesterday. You know, you can't you can't balk at a hundred and forty seven passer rating, whether it's the preseason or whether it's the regular season. Now obviously there's going to be, you know, a lot that looks different, I think, for teams in the regular season. I mean, but you saw a lot more of what you're going to see from the offense yesterday versus I think you did in the first two preseason games. For me, that was more of, um, you know, they weren't trying to be like so vanilla and just hand the ball off a bunch of times. Like that is what the offense is going to look like this year with the scheme throws from the pocket, rolling Justin Fields away from pressure, the boots, the waggles, the whole thing. And, and that's good. Like I think that You've got to feel really confident if you're the Chicago Bears, not just the 3-0 and preseason record, but just like specifically the operation of how things looked yesterday uh, on offense. And, Courtney, I, I, you know, Mark, I was just talking about, we're with you. I and mean, when we see that you know, passer rating, you don't, you don't sneer at that and discount it. And, you know, that his efficiency, the uh, – and look, when they had the holding penalty and they're first and 20 on the second possession, mm-hmm. and they just – you know, all of a sudden there's a 14-yard reception to Dante Pettis. I mean, they 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 just try to get uh, you know some of it back, not all at once. Usually, a, a, a holding penalty like that in the last few years, the whole possession would have just died right there, right? So they they made a mistake and they recovered from it. And there's, as you just said, that all the waggles and the boots and everything else, they took what the defense was giving them. But more importantly, that is. This offense looks like it has some structure, and it looks like Justin Fields is trying is starting to figure out his progressions and who's open and how to get the ball to him. Yeah, and I mean that structure too is going to be heavily dependent on the run game, and you saw yesterday what that does for mm-hmm. the play action game, be able to sell that a lot more effectively than if you didn't have it. And David Montgomery, I think, I think he looked really good last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I, the, I, the one play that kind of sticks out to me where he might have looked his best is the one that got uh, called back on the on the Ryan Griffin hold. And 
that, uh, you know, he's, he's a physical back. He's a big guy. And I think that he's going to be shouldering a very big load this year. So he had to get himself prepared for that. And, you know, smart, obviously, not to play him uh, the first two preseason games when he was dealing with something. And now, you know, they know what they have and, and certainly going to be carrying this offense, too, because that's what you want in year two with Justin Fields. You don't want to make him do it all by himself and leave him on an island out there. So you're going to be seeing a heavy dose of play action, you know, a heavy dose of the run game, a heavy dose of screens and bootlegs of like, you know, getting other guys involved here to, to kind of lighten the burden that's on him this year. And I think the relationship between himself and offensive coordinator Luke Getze uh, looked really good last night. That's something that you want to take away from the preseason, knowing that those two are speaking the same language, and it certainly feels like they are. You know, I, I don't know, call me old-fashioned, but I like to see the OC on the field as opposed to up in the boot, uh, you know, up in the sky. Yeah, and I mean, he's, he's happy about that because that's exactly what he wanted. I think it's important. Like, I know some... Some people like that all-22 sort of view to watch the play develop, and that's great. But I think if you're going to have a conversation with a young quarterback who at times, you know, might be going through it out there and, you know, have the deer and headlights look, you have to be able to, like, grab them by the jersey and, like, pull them and, like, like listen to me type thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, impo- that's important. I mean, you don't necessarily need that same sort of rapport. I mean, you'd like to think that everybody should have that. But if you've got – a veteran quarterback who has been with the same play caller for a couple of years, you might not need the sort of, um, I don't want to call it hand-holding, but I think that there's a, I think there's a really big benefit to Luke Getze being on the field, being I able to too. talk to yeah. guys face-to-face, especially his own quarterback. I do too. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You know, I keep seeing people and people writing and saying that, you know, unfortunately Tajay Sharp got hurt, so he might not make the roster. They're not sure about uh, in, in Keel Harry. And, you know, Dante Pettis looked great yesterday. Is it really, I mean, what would you did see of Sharp in that first game? What, mm-hmm. what didn't you like about it? I mean, I, I can't, I know that, you know, you have to be available and you have to be available to be, you know, evaluated. But really, uh, are you spoiled for choice as a wide receiver that you're just discounting guys because they're hurt? No, so here's the thing. Like, and I did that in my um, my 53 that's up at ESPN.com. I have them with six. And so with Harry, they, they did the tightrope surgery on his ankle. And if they thought he was going to be out for the whole year, they would have put him on IR already. And so that gives you the hint that they think, okay, this might be, you know, and we've seen guys come back from, from that injury when they have that surgery on their ankle uh, in a couple months. So I would imagine you have to, you're, you have to get him through um, like you can't like I know a lot of people think oh you just cut him and bring him right back well other teams might claim him sure right. so you have to play it's a bit of a guessing game here about who can you get through waivers and then you can go ahead and re-sign them either to the practice squad or re-sign them later so Harry I don't think you can um, he's a former first round pick he you know things were looking up for him here in Chicago and he could come back at some point so I think that they'll get him on the initial fifty three and then. Put him on IR, and for for me, I mean Tajay Sharp. You know what you have in Tajay Sharp. I think that they can take a gamble and go ahead and release him, and then bring him back if they want to. Like Dante Pettis has taken every opportunity he's been given, really in place of Tajay Sharp, and he was dealing with his own injury stuff early on too, and made the most of it. And you have good returnability. You saw him. You guys saw him on the kickoff returns early on yesterday. Like he, that's how you make the fifth or the sixth spot as a receiver on the 53. And so to me, that's why I had him last 
Um, but the good thing for this Bears team is that they're seventh in the claim order. So they can go light at certain positions and upgrade their roster via cuts um, on Tuesday. And, mm-hmm. and by Wednesday, that, that position, cornerback, could look kind of different based on if they're like who they are able to claim. Now, do you think they'll uh, make any kind of adjustments? I would assume that they would on the offensive line if something is out there. And, and what kind of test have we really given the offensive line in preseason, obviously there was pressure yesterday that they held off mm-hmm. and gave Justin enough time. But was this a real good uh, measuring stick for the O line? Sort of. Um, I think you certainly let's factor in who was not out there. That didn't see Miles Garrett. Justin Fields was very happy about that after the game, right? Um, and they didn't see Jadavian Clowney. So yeah. I mean, your two best pass rushers aren't out there, and the offensive line was still, and the quarterback was still under duress at points. You know. I, this is going to be a work in progress, and that's why I'm always trying to caution people. And when you see something that looks really bad or you see something that looks really good, it's usually not as bad or as good as you think it is, and especially in the preseason when you have a group that was patched together about two and a half weeks ago, really before that Seattle game, and now that is the group that you're probably rolling out week one. Like you got to give Tevin Jenkins some time, and you really need to give him some credit for – how he took to the right guard position. And I know Larry Borum, like early on yesterday, um, kind of looked like he was struggling in pass protection. I mean, he's still relatively young playing right tackle in the NFL. So, I mean, it's going to be a work in progress. Mm-hmm. And there are ways they can upgrade it. I mean, but I think that that would end up having to come from, you know, waiver claims at some point because what they have right now they've figured out their best five. And I know that Matt Eberflus throughout the last couple of weeks has still reiterated that it's open competition. I don't think it's open competition with any of the guys in the current roster. I think it's, if we see somebody that's better than X, Y, or Z on this offensive line, we're not going to be afraid to bring them in to try to like make this thing the best it can possibly be. And, and Courtney, you know, all eyes are on Justin Fields and Luke Getze and, and the offense, but, Alan Williams' defense in the first half looked pretty good too. It looks like some structure to it. They, you know, had a takeaway and and the offense took that ball and put it in the end zone. Um, yeah, I don't. Where do you stand on the defense to so far and what you've seen under Allen? They've had some good possessions, and I mean, you got to think like by the time they left the first quarter last night, it was punt, punt, missed field goal, and then punt. Like that's that's a great spot to be in, and. You know, they held them to six points in the first half. Obviously, the score is not indicative, I mean, because of the guys that are playing in the second half. Of course, things are going to happen. But they, I thought they looked good. I thought, um, I mean, Kyler Gordon is an absolute, is going to be a star. And I think his just knack for the ball and just how athletic and fearless he is. Like that pass breakup where he dives for it on third and four um, to force Cleveland to punt. I think that was that series I was talking about earlier in the first quarter. Like that stuff is so good to see and it's promising. But the thing that I would be concerned about would be some of the depths and, and particularly at that cornerback position, which for me, that was tough. That was probably the hardest position I had to whittle down on my 53 because you know you have Jalen Johnson as one of your outside corners. You know Kyler Gordon's playing in the slot. And then I guess you're going to go ahead and make Kendall Vildor your other outside corner. Um, and then beyond that, then who? Because everybody's been hurt. Um, and I ended up throwing Lamar Jackson on there because he's been getting a lot of one reps um, and didn't have the greatest game last night. But like that's a position where they really should be looking uh, come Tuesday at other teams' cuts to see where they can upgrade. 
because the depth of that position, uh, as we know, in years past hasn't been great and, and it's not great right now. All right. Well, uh, again, ESPN.com, you have that column, the uh, 53 man. The cut is Tuesday. We'll see what happens on Wednesday and Thursday. If the Bears have a shot to improve their situation. But, um, you know, we, Courtney, we've had a couple of people tweet at us say, don't get us excited. These, these are the Bears. They're only good for two <laughs> wins, blah, blah, blah. Look, you fan the way you want. We say that here on ESPN 1000. But what we saw yesterday, it was good. It was, it, 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 you know, it, it was what it was. We saw what we were hoping to see, an improvement over the previous yeah. week. And I think that the, the continuity aspect and the confidence aspect, because nobody's projecting this team to be a playoff team this year. That's fine. Why? Because they're in the midst of a massive rebuild and they're over, they're, you know, they spent the last seven, eight months overhauling this thing. Right. So you can't, like, I think it's okay to believe that incremental growth and development will happen this year and, and that it might not look pretty. It might not look like it did yesterday, but if you can find ways for Justin Fields, I say this like the whole offseason, if you can find ways for Justin Fields specifically to improve within himself yep. without the burden of winning games on his shoulders, well said, then yes. you're going to be in a great situation going into 2023 because you're going to have money to spend in free agency and you're going to have a quarterback that you know and want to build around uh, given what he'd be proving you this season. So that's that's where I think the biggest takeaways lie and they've got to be feeling pretty good about themselves given what they've built in the preseason just in terms of like the culture the hits principle all that stuff you know the biggest test is going to be if there is a losing streak during the year you know Mm. what do they say what did my dad say in the navy like that like you fall back on your preparation like when things get really tough like your baseline is your preparation Mm -hmm. um that's some military thing that's a football thing too so like will they fall back on all of the stuff that they've been preaching and building throughout this offseason if things do um, get tough here in the season. That'll be the biggest test to see like the direction the team's actually going in. Courtney Cronin, thank you for joining us on ESPN 1000. Always appreciate your work. And again, the uh, column at ESPN.com, the 53-man roster, what it uh, is going to look like, your projections, and we'll see what the Bears end up doing later on this week, see if there's any opportunities to improve the situation. Courtney, thanks for joining us here. Thank you both. Appreciate it. All right, it's ESPN 1000. We're back after this. Welcome back to Xander and Hanley on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Yeah, I just think he's getting better. You know, he's just getting better. You know, he's, like I said the other day, he's a young player. He needs experience. And I think this was game-like experience for him that he needed to have. And uh, he took a big step forward, you know, for him and for our football team. Uh, just getting comfortable, you know, operating the offense and doing his thing. And, and I thought he'd do that tonight. And his footwork was solid in that big step forward, Brian. No doubt. No doubt. And there was, uh, he didn't have all the time, but there was space. He, you know, his, when you looked at his receivers, and by the way, out of the, the 16, he's four, 14 of 16 uh, for 156 yards. Mm-hmm. Ten, ten, 10 different players caught balls, right? So that's pretty good. Um, yeah. So you're not relying on one or two guys, and you don't have a guy or the guy to, to make a difference at this point. Right, right. In season, it, it'll be uh, obviously a tighter situation. But, right, throwing to that many different receivers and being able to uh, get those plays completed, that's pretty big. 
Yeah, and it, and it gives you encouragement. You know, you heard Bear fan Bob say, and he is living on the other side behind the uh, cheddar curtain. I did. So. They do make you watch Green Bay Packers. Oh, that's part it, of that's part of living in that state. They make yeah, you. And, it's and they, they make you wear the the styrofoam cheese triangle too. Yes, while you're they doing do. It. Yep, yeah. at certain you, places, certain stores. Yep. Well, I think you're issued that when you're born in Wisconsin. You are, right. It it has your social security number on it, which is is really a a security issue. But, you know, whatever. I don't know what they're doing up there. (laughs) In case you forget it, you just open it up and look underneath. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, what do you need? Um, But, yeah, again, Cleveland didn't have its two stud guys out there. We get that. But it, it... Courtney said it too. There was a confidence about the offense, right? There was just, and you heard d- different guys saying it. You just heard Matt Everflus talk about the we saw that, it and felt it from our TVs. That's right. There, yeah. there was, and, and players after the game, Cole Komet, uh, Cody Whiter, they all talked about communication, confidence. You know, like like there's just some oh I don't know structure, and they they seem to all be on the same page and. You know, guys aren't making stupid mistakes. And like, okay, the whole just what you mentioned right there is such an improvement over what we've seen the past few years. That's what I'm talking about. People have to measure their excitement and realize it's a step by step thing. It's going to be a longer process, but we've already seen improvement just in those simple things, Brian. Yeah, I mean, and that's where the bar is. I just want to see simple. I want to see. I don't want to see self inflicted wounds. I don't want to see. You know, timeout and come out of a timeout and then get a delay game penalty. <laughs> I mean, and you, th- you know, stuff we've seen. And, you know, know, we laughed at it because it was so stupid. Yeah. But it was so regular, right? And, and you know, Courtney talked about what happens, and it was a great uh, analogy about a military, you know, you fall back on your preparation. Yes. I don't foresee, I'm, again, I'm not projecting, and, and I don't want to Twitter, you know, followers. You're, yeah, you're going to make people crazy. We're hyping them too much. I, I I have too many streamers around here. I should take this stuff down. All these uh, celebration <laughs> things. I went to the party store before yeah. I got here and set up the studio. I'm sorry. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah. You were the guy who uh, bid thirty thousand dollars for uh, the coach's sweater vest that supposedly was worn in the Super Bowl. Right? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, uh, yeah I, with that extra thirty k I have laying around. Yeah, right. Because you're wearing, you're going to wear that today to celebrate <laughs> the coach. And you see that the uh, the coach's family, Mike Dukas' family, that told the auction house, you know, we have a few of those. We're not sure that one was actually the one down in New Orleans. So, you know, maybe. And they they said, well, no, maybe if if you can't authenticate it, we we can't sell an ugly looking sweater vest that doesn't. Have, right. and it, even if it was the one, I mean, how much money do you have to have to? The bidding stopped at thirty thousand. I don't know if it was going to get to fifty or a hundred. I mean, someday I'd like to have that kind of money where it didn't matter. You to could me. buy a stinky sweater. Yeah, I mean, but what would you, I mean? You put if you own a bar, you put it in a, in a frame and put it up. I I, uh, I don't know what you do with it, and I, I'm always curious to, as to well, why. A lot of memorabilia is like that, right? It's like yeah. it's like I own it because I own it. What do you do with it? I don't know what to do with it. I own it because I own it because it's cool. And, and, and you know, covering the Bulls during the championship years when I was part of like six or seven guys in the Sun Times, you know, there were days you would walk in and Michael Jordan would be in the press room signing all sorts of jerseys and shoes, and they were videoing it to authenticate mm-hmm. that he did it. Yeah. I mean, that's how you know people want proof when it, when they're spending you know five figures or six figures for that stuff. But anyway, I, I just I. I, I 
the celebration that we're having today, streamers and, and coach sweater vests and all that, we have to tamper it, I get. But Courtney said, if there's a losing streak, I don't see, I'm not saying they're going to win eight games or seven games. I think they, they could win six or seven. I really do. I, I, right now, I bet the over in Vegas because everyone's pounding the under. But I don't, I don't foresee a six-game losing streak like we saw in the last couple seasons, you know, four, five, and six games. Mm. It doesn't mean they're, they're not going to win a game and then drop three. But I don't see them going into the, the deep hole that we saw. Once you start losing, it's just like everyone in that locker room thought, okay, we're showing up for another loss today. Right, right. And, and the one thing that Courtney brought up that we agree was a great analogy, you fall back on the preparation. If they lose, uh, look, it seems like they are prepared like no other team in recent history you know, version of the Bears are prepared. And that will be the case every week. So if they do lose one or two, they will fall back on the preparation, and that's what will get them out of it. I'm with you. I I just don't see a sustained losing streak. They might drop three in a row. They might win two in a row and then drop a couple. It might be that type of season. But I don't see this coaching staff and and these players, because I think they won, have confidence in this coaching staff and respect it yep. and believe that they're actually leaders on the sideline. Uh, I don't see them all just you know kind of folding the cards and uh, the three game losing streak turns into you know five or six. I don't see it. Nope. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Bears talk continues here on ESPN one thousand. We've got Matt hanging on the line. We get to him and your calls back in two.